This is episode eight of The Flying Sign with Joe Clady. How's everybody doing? Uh, this is being recorded currently amongst the abyss of a uh, still packed house. So I said last episode, talked about gratitude, about moving in to a new house and getting a new house and amongst other things. But um, I... Phew, it's it's hard to be grateful when there's stacks on stacks on stacks of boxes and toys. I can't tell you how many uh, lids and blocks. I, I swear to God, if I I would probably make thousands, millions of dollars for all the dads out there if I created some sort of shoe, some sort of boot that was lightweight but could protect against the the menacing corners of of Legos and. Um, wooden blocks I, I ugh, it is extremely painful for for those who have not experienced it anyways I am recording in the new house so it, it is still exciting but uh, when you feel like you're buried uh, I think everyone knows that feeling it can be stressful so real quick uh, today I have part two of travel roadless with Josh Matthews now Josh is my good friend uh, I've known him since he was six years old since I was six years old and he was six years old. Uh, that'd be weird if I knew him when he was six years old and I was 20 or something. No, we were both six years old. Uh, so anyways, this is part two of Travel Roadless. Part one, go back and check it out. Uh, episode five, I believe. So so go listen to that. It's his tales of the Mississippi River and this discusses maybe the, the, the origin of that uh, as well as uh, his plans for the future. So please enjoy part two of Travel Roadless with Josh Matthews. Part two, baby, let's do it. We've been talking a long time already, just off air about an earlier podcast about religion and and the qualms with with things associated with that, such as media involvement and platforms. Um, I don't know. It was it was interesting. I think that could have been a whole other podcast in itself, but. Let's get down to part two of Travel Roadless. So people have been messaging me, not not a lot, but some people are curious on just the title of that and like, you know, that is your brand and I'd like to get to branding as well, but like, so so what? what I'm assu- Clearly you didn't travel by road, so I'm assuming, you know, by, by putting the pieces mm-hmm. together, it's travel roadless but is there anything more to that besides just the obvious meaning so yeah travel roadless i gave a lot of thought to the well i was starting a blog i knew that i was going to start a blog. i started the blog before i got on my kayak or even conceived of the idea um to get in a kayak um the idea for travel roadless came for like what what's internet search optimization optimization like I, what it's you're trying to optimize the clicks or people searching for the right thing so i'm here i am trying to figure out okay what's what's the what should the title of my blog be to happen to trick people into if you if you type into google what's the wrong thing that you can type to stumble into my page and therefore, I gain a couple more views. Oh, okay, so it was it wasn't real fast. So was this before 
or after this is before oh okay yep so, so I'm, I'm writing this blog and preparation and kind of just like thoughts that are coming along with how far a traveler um a couple months okay couple so months. In, into the training that we yep. discussed yeah maybe before uh, even maybe before that a little bit okay so this was still just this is just a baby idea okay. a little thing so, like so I, before I needed you traveled rollless you coined traveled yeah i needed a um i needed a creative outlet okay which I figured the easiest, fastest way for me to do that, being a writer by nature, would be to just write a blog. Like it's free, and I can just go for it. And so, if I stumble onto a page accidentally, what did what were you hoping someone would type in to where it would say? So, what I thought people might be searching, like what they might actually be searching, say the college kid who wants to find the cliff notes to some poem, say for example, oh. the road less traveled. Okay. They oh, might okay. be say they might type in the untraveled road or the less traveled road or so you, you were know, you were banking I'm on trying to, some I'm trying to play off of Robert Frost here right so you were you and were, his fame I'm I'm just sitting on his shoulders so you were banking on some spelner student sure sure paper sure on a poem by that has a specific name right <laughs> and hoping that they would type it in incorrectly right gotcha. and then when i when i started thinking about this obviously this is all before like i'm publishing the blog itself um but then i started thinking about it and i kind of fell in love with the idea of travel roadless because uh it became a like a lifestyle decision um where I'm actively deciding my travel. What does pat so by juxtaposition, what does passively deciding your travel look like? It means I'm trying to get from here to Buffalo, New York in the fastest route possible. What does Google Maps say? It's gonna say take the highway. Right. But if I'm trying to get from here to Buffalo, New York casually, ride a bike. I mean, yeah, it's a road, like literally, but it's it, carless. It, it takes it's it take it's carless. It takes a different kind of brain, a different kind of spirit to different kind of body. That's to, a, a long way. Kind of body to motivate the travel to Buffalo, and so it was. Which which it's all it's all of those things are different. Yes, but it takes a little bit more intentionality. And I think uh, intentionality is a key word. Um, this idea of anything is possible, this big mindedness to just say, you know, to, to find, to like determine, come up with an idea and just go for it because literally anything is possible. And it's really hard to find people that have that mentality where it's actually impossible. I don't think it's or hard. Anything, sorry, it's impossible to find something that's not possible. And Wait, say that again. It's hard to find something that is not possible. That's correct. Okay. Because listen, once once one person uh, for thousands of years, for as long as humans were, have been humans, nobody had ran a mile in under four minutes. Once one person ran it in under four minutes, the next couple of years, there were dozens of people to run it in under four minutes because that one person broke through several others were able to as well. Right. But, but with what you're saying, I think with there, there's a lot of fear associated with that. And I don't think it's fear that 
is, uh, uh, what's the word, like cowardice in a sense. I think it is a biological fear where like what you did, people probably, you know, people traveled like that a lot uh, because they had to and it was it was what we had to do. But a lot of people died doing that and doing stuff like that. So I think over time, and I'm not talking like 200 years ago, I'm talking thousands and thousands of years like you said to where now we've gotten to the point of uh to get a little darwinian i I think there's become a survival of the fittest and not just fittest i think there's become a a survival of the smartest and not saying what you did was stupid i'm just saying it's we've gotten to the point where most people that exist now uh abstain from survival of efficiency okay it's more efficient to take a boat well, is it like how in much in terms of business, in terms of in terms of commerce and getting my well, I, oil? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about like person to person looking for uh, self discovery and mm. adventure. Or I'm not talking because like no one. We've gotten to my the point. question. Then is where in the fuck are you gonna find self discovery anywhere else? Than on the goddamn river. Well, well, hold on. I'm so, I'm saying that, like, we've gotten no, no, no. So, okay, no. What I've no. The okay. only place to find self discovery is on the river. That's not true. Oh, that's not ones. true. You can do it with in a mountain, no, in a yoga studio, yeah, in the bedroom. Well, yes, maybe right, yes, but but in terms of like. Let me get back to my original point. To what Sorry, you I said, no, it's okay. So, like, what you said about uh, n- people not wanting to do that kind of stuff. Like I said, I think we've gotten to the point where it's been beaten out of us. We've we are a a planet full of uh, hyper vigilant people mm. because mm. if you weren't hyper vigilant, you died. Whether you were picked off by other people or animals or nature itself, where you mm. fall and die, here you fall, you you know get helicopter rescue or whatever. Or if you got hurt out there, you could have found a way. We've we've gotten to the point where emergency response is possible, but I think the people that did such acts with the mentality that you did, to where it wasn't just strictly for business. Uh, and even the ones that did business, they still died. So, of course, we evolved now to where that kind of business isn't required. We've uh, we've moved on to a point where that kind of business is replaced by safer things, such as driving trucks across country, which is still dangerous, obviously. But mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you know, you're not you know not as many people die doing that. There's not families that have to move across the river for just just mm-hmm. pioneer mm-hmm. style mm-hmm. uh and drown mm-hmm. you know so i think my point is i think it's it's rare uh but necessary like you said about your point about the the mile runner no one thought it was possible because we've gotten past the point where people want mm-hmm. to try mm-hmm. and i think once you do try you send up the uh, the flag of uh oh uh, now oh, what's the word? See, I'm having trouble with words now too. Uh, re re uh, s- someone else trying to recreate mm-hmm. uh, your feeling, mm-hmm. uh, emulation. Mm-hmm. That's my word. Mm-hmm. To where people will recognize what you 
felt, I mean, never come close until they feel it themselves, mm-hmm. but they get to the point where there's something burning mm-hmm. and it's been in there all along. Everyone mm-hmm. wants to do something, but it's, it's hard, man. It's scary because it's been beaten out of you by time and nature I and was, human behavior. I was crazy. You, I, I heard scary just a second ago and I was crazy. You saw my crazy eyes so clearly leading up to this uh, during training or like quote unquote training, which wasn't much of training for this kayak trip. And there was nothing in my mind that was thinking anything other than get on a kayak and go 1,371 miles down to New Orleans. Nothing else. I was crazed. Once I sat in that kayak, I was scared. Scared chillis. Scared that, you know, what happens if I don't make it? What happens if I stop? What happens if I can't go any further? What happens if I get sick? What happens if so on and so forth? Yeah, that's your brain saying stop, stop, stop. We got to live and our ancestors have died. It was, it was busting through that. It was right. I like fall. Don't fall back on that like temporary, momentary, like immediate fear, but fall back on this belief that you've had this this craze that you've had for months, years in my, in in the case of this particular trip, years of, I can do this. This is my, this is my trip. This is what, this is what I'm designed and and ready to do mentally and physically. And and I'm, this is it. And I can do this. And it was just, it, these feelings come in huge waves for me. And once, once I have one of these kinds of like, I'm going to dominate this. Like I'm going to completely immerse myself in the situation. You cannot, you cannot stop me. Once I'm in that wheelhouse, there's no stopping it. It's unbelievable. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly excited for whatever, whatever other idea I can come up with because of that, because I know like, from past experiences, this can't be stopped. So, so, so once you break through the first wall, that's when it, it, then it's like, okay, I can do it. The craze comes, then a wall comes and then I remember the craze and then I break through that wall. So that's, that's the formula then. Mm-hmm. Well, and so, but that, that's rinse, wash, repeat, mm-hmm. right? Like to where, I mean, I'm sure walls will keep on coming, but it, they become less thick, I'm mm-hmm. assuming. And uh, it, 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 that that being said, too, like having having a support system of, of somebody just saying, no, remember that you're crazy enough. You can do this. Remember the belief that you had. You can do this. Remember the strategy and the planning that you put into this. This is completely possible. Reminding me of the crazy, even if they're sane, even if they think this is absolutely insane. So tapping into the Just community, kind right? of like poking the poking the Josh bear, poking the the oh you're crazy. I bet you won't do this. Like, but you can. No, but I bet you won't. No, but you can. So it's and yeah, then I do. You won't kind of thing, right? Yeah. Well, I, yeah that that fuels a lot of people. It's like, well, maybe I won't, but you know, if you got someone telling but you, but pairing no, that's- that, but pairing that with the tools to be able to do it. I know that, uh, so acknowledging, I understand, Josh, the fear that you're having right now. 
and that's all valid. But you said it yourself and you plan for it yourself that you can do this. So go for it. Cool. It's interesting. I think it's. A, I think it's a. It's an interesting. It's an interesting strategy for motivating for motivating people. Um, so travel roadless too. Like there's there's a spectrum of um, psyche that kind of goes into this. There's there's the normal and there's the crazy. So one end is normal. One end is one end is crazy. And I wouldn't necessarily call myself either or, but I also wouldn't call myself middle ground. I would say that I'm I, like nobody would ever say that I'm normal. I wouldn't say that I'm normal. Few people might say that I'm crazy. I wouldn't say that I'm crazy, but I'm, I'm it's, I call it fringe living where I'm living on that fringe where I'm, where I'm on the middle, but pushing closer toward the crazy where if I said, I'm going to go kayak 10 miles today, you look at me and like, Oh, cool. Like I wouldn't do it, but like, that's not out of, like out of the norm like that. Like you can do that right. pretty easily. But if I say I'm going to go kayak 1300 miles in 30 days or so, you start to look at me like I'm crazy, but it's not all that different from like, it's just, it's longer, it's, it's longer and bigger. And so I'm not normal, but I'm not crazy, but I'm pushing normal toward the crazy and encouraging that. Do you think though that, like you said, you said crazy a lot. And I, that word is, is packed with a lot of meaning now. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah. And like, well, I, I think in, in, it's a crazy word. It's a crazy, right. It's a crazy word, but like, I think it's, um, how do I say this? So like when people say like, Ooh, I'm crazy or I want to be crazy or like, I'm going to do some crazy shit. I don't know. I don't know. I think it should just be almost just like you're just doing stuff. Like I know there are like we we just group. I, I think that's another way of separating uh, people or not making. And I'm not saying you're doing this. I'm just saying like I feel like it's an easy way to make people feel mundane and feel maybe uh, shitty about their own lives and, and maybe unfulfilled when when it's uh, compared when when someone such as yourself is able not not even it chooses to do something like this as opposed to doing what a lot of people the the normal folk uh and doing their office life but like i don't know i think it's almost okay to just do that as long as you're uh exploring somehow you know maybe not something as as profound as that but i i think there's just there's just something uh, dividing about, uh, because people got, they got to work, you know? And I, I think a lot of, a lot of shit is talked about like the nine to five and like, and I'm a, I'm a shit talker of it myself. I don't like it. I don't, I don't want to do it, but like you got to do it. And if you, if you want, I mean, there's other shit people can do, but like someone has to do it. Like, you know, people, people tend to talk about, it's always the butt of the jokes, like to work at McDonald's or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of fucking people mm -hmm. that work at McDonald's mm -hmm. and like, you know, whether they're happy there or they're trying to move up or they're just trying to work through school or mm -hmm. if they're just trying to, it's the second job. And it's like, not everyone gets a hand to like, mm -hmm. to be crazy. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, 
I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's a problem. Not saying I'm not saying I'm just making an observation. I'm not saying you're like this. I'm just saying like whether it's through social media, people see a lot of shit that other people are doing and there's that uh that highlight reel through your feed. And I it's would, like, God damn it. And mm-hmm. I think it makes a lot of people feel like I mean shit, when I was saw your stuff, I felt it. Mm-hmm. I felt that like, God damn it, like what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like and like I think sometimes it can be motivating mm-hmm. and sometimes it can be empowering and I think it clearly has already for people from your story but I think it sometimes too if it's framed in a certain way uh it can make people feel like shit you know yeah and again I'm not saying that that's what you're doing I'm just saying like in general the highlight reel of of social media and everything that goes with that contributes to um the 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 normal people and like that 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 word normal it's not a good word. No one wants to be normal. No. And no one is. Right. And nobody like actively strives to be completely crazy either because that's just, that is crazy. But I, I, I will say I don't work a nine to five per se, but I do work 40 hours a week currently. Um, and how do I find, you know, travel roadless or, you know, active living in that, that, that life, this, the, the lifestyle that I'm currently a part of. Uh, so I bartend and when I'm, when I'm shaking a cocktail or when I'm pouring drinks or, you know, measuring out things and, and creating something for you to consume, um, every drink that I place in front of you, I try at least to have a prayer over that drink that this is say it's a Monday afternoon or Monday evening, a late Monday evening and you're just off work and you, you, want or need this cocktail to relax. I allow this cocktail to be a prayer to allow you to relax. Or it's a, you know, Thursday night and you're with a girl and this is first date, a Tinder date or something like I'm allowing this to facilitate healthy communication between two people or your mom died and it's Sunday or Sunday morning and you want a bloody Mary just to kind of unwind from that. Or you're celebrating a bachelorette party and you want to like celebrate your friendship with this person who's about to embark on a new leg of life. Like, yeah, like I, I want this, these shots to be celebratory for you guys. Um, I, th- that is intentionality behind behind something that's so mundane as you know in my job where i make a thousand drinks a day sometimes it feels like an hour but right but those that's a thousand opportunities for prayer to also a thousand opportunities to give you my guest whatever you need i'm i'm constantly you know throwing a party is purposeful living or purposeful working it's intentionality and it's it's always life is pregnant with meaning you just have to distill it you just have to birth it, and and that's where I'm trying to find the opportunity to to be a part of community with you through this medium of this cocktail. So then, what would you say to someone who works at, say, like another shitty example for a stereotype for the normal people work at an insurance company? And I'm, I I want to protect you. I want to ensure that I want to insure insure ensure ensure right that you're in a position where if you're hurt you have the money and you're paying me i'm giving you a service so you're saying whatever your company's 
corporate mission statement is, that's not just a load of sh- corporate shit. Because sh- I, think, I hope it's not. I hope it's not. Maybe it is. I, well, I don't, maybe I it is on a corporate enough, level, but <laughs> I think sometimes like you'll see those words. Like you know, I worked at Starbucks for a long time, and I can't even remember their mission statement mm-hmm. now. But they had it printed on the inside of the aprons mm-hmm. and posted around everywhere, and it was just like enough. Just let me mm-hmm. talk to my regulars and mm-hmm. like. But in doing that, I was living the mission statement. Mm-hmm. So I think if you. I, I've I've taken a strange approach to I've I've taken a travel road list quote unquote I don't I don't want to like wear out the phrase but I've taken a off the beaten path approach toward money and currency and what what does that look like for me and uh, to me uh, it is you know there's a great book called Thou Shall Prosper. Um, by a rabbi, uh, Rabbi Daniel Lapin is his name, and he he's a, obviously he's a Jewish rabbi, and he you know he says and which I've adopted that this dollar bill that I'm holding in my hands is not necessarily it is currency, but it's that's not all it is. It's a certificate of service. And when I give you one of these, I'm saying thank you for serving me. Here's a certificate to prove that you just served me. And therefore, if I, if I am obligated to serve, then I'm obligated to obtain as many certificates to prove my service, to illustrate that I did serve you. Huh. I am morally obligated then to be filthy wealthy, to be incredibly rich because I served. And so when I, when I like, you know, present you with a cocktail and you give me a $2 tip or, or, or whatever, whatever the tip is, or I'm the insurance guy and you give me your money so that I can serve you with insurance in the case that your home is broken into or burns down or your car is, is, you know, you get in a wreck or something like that. And I have the opportunity to send you to the hospital and it doesn't burn your family or your debt or whatever else. Those, those are opportunities for service. And, you give me certificates of service for helping you, and I give you certificates of service for helping me. That's how much. That's how I view money. And so the rich man shouldn't be like shamed, because I mean he's found a way to serve somebody. Now, now is there a way to be a Scrooge about it? Yeah, absolutely. Right. But my personal perspective, and what I would hope that everybody agrees to. I think everyone. Sorry to interrupt, but I mm-hmm. think everyone does agree to that they just don't like the way you frame that or the way this rabbi framed it is really interesting to to how you define not just currency but the exchange of it it is a whether Mm -hmm. you say thank you or whether you're an asshole or not your handing of the money or even your card is saying like well thanks for doing this for me thanks for the shit and it's it it is a thank you here's a certificate of service right thank you yeah you, so you, that, it almost doesn't have to be said, and I think people who don't have that that knowledge, like you have, or have that uh, understanding of of what you want currency to be in your life, I think I think it it is still there, like that idea of it. That's what money is. I just think if people thought of it like that, mm-hmm. it's, it's you, the philo- it would, that's the philosophical perception of money, right? Not the economical perception of money, right? Which and is I, distinctly different. Not altogether different, but it, it is different. 
I wish they were married a little bit better. Yeah, I think that I I, I think they aren't married. I just think it's hidden. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's there because mm-hmm. like because it is like when I when you give money, that is what it is. I just think people aren't aware of Joe. Here's why I don't eat they're meat. doing. I don't. I, I here's why I don't eat meat. Okay. Because when I when I go buy a bag of frozen Tyson chicken breast, right? I know that that's factory farmed. I know that Tyson or whomever is you know hurting up these this meat, not these chickens, but this meat mm-hmm. is treating the chicken or the cow or, or the beef or whatever. Yeah. The beef, not the cow, you know, beef, it's what's for dinner, right? It's not a cow anymore. It's beef. Mm-hmm. And, and, and there and corporate mind, it's in factory farming mind. It's, I see the cow as a dollar sign, as a giant dollar sign. The bigger that cow is, the bigger the dollar sign. So how how can I maximize money out of this one cow versus how can I treat this cow as well as it possibly can be treated? And so there's there is a divorce there where where the 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 cow is no longer a cow. We, we rid it of its cowness. We rid the chicken of its chickenness where it can't run around in a field and peck at the ground because, well, actually we, we pinch the beak off so that it does, because it's stuck in a pen of a million other chickens. And if we don't pinch the beak off, they're going to peck at each other and kill each other. And because they're in the pen, they can't run around in the field like chickens do. And, you know, and so on and so forth. So it's, are we eating Tyson frozen chicken or are we eating Tyson frozen something? And, and to Tyson it's money. Well, I think to, to but, that, but here's, but here's, here's okay. where the, here's where if you, if the, if the farmer's market, the farmer at the farmer's market has a chicken, you know, that chicken was treated with kindness, care, compassion, and love and a quick death and a quick death. Right. And so that's where I can give my certificate of service and appreciate the chicken right. all in one fell swoop and where, where I'm just throwing money at, you know, Meyer or Walmart or Kroger for a Tyson. Like it's, it's never going to the farmer. It's going to Tyson. It's saying, thank you for this, this I don't genocide. Even know if it's much of a thank you, right? Well, it's no, just, it is though. It's an acknowledgement of genocide. It, well, it is a thank you, whether you're not saying it, but like in that, at least in, in my opinion of what you've said to me, I think regardless of whether you know what you're like, what you are saying about money, I mm-hmm. think that still it, it's there. It's just not hidden. So to everyone that does buy that Tyson chicken, cause I agree with you. I think the factoring farming issue right now, or not right now that's been going on in, in, in modern culture is really appalling. And we all find ourselves just like, Oh fuck, I want some chicken nuggets mm-hmm. from, and like, of course you're going to get them. But if you stop and think, thank you for what you did, to this animal, thank you for what you did uh, to its life and its short life and its miserable every day is every breath is pain life. Here's my one dollar for an entire chicken. That that's what it's worth. So thank you for doing it to it. See ya. I, I'm gonna I, drop it drunk in the street. I, I you know I you know I fudge up a little bit sometimes uh, where you know I might eat the wrong thing or put the wrong things into my body, um, but. Ideally, on on a consistent basis, I treat the things I put into my body as community. Like we talked about in the episode, it's community with myself to myself. So I'm, I the things that I put in my body will affect 
who I am as a person, as a, as a body. Um, it's also how, how can I, you know, my community with other people. So the farmer at the farmer's market, how can I give him a livelihood? The, the local dude who's just trying to make ends meet. I want to give him money. I want to help him out. Um, but also community with nature, right? With, with ecology and, and, and environment and the universe and so on and so forth. So how can I treat the chicken well and, and, or, or the kale or whatever else I'm putting into my body? Well, I was getting, when you were talking about the prayer, these are, these are all, these are all ways of traveling roadless. It's, it's thinking off the beaten path. So it's a mentality. It's not a way of, of getting, getting somewhere. Okay. Getting, yeah, getting somewhere, not, maybe not physically traveling, but moving in a direction actively, mindfully, intentionally, uh, not normally, but not crazy. Um, so literally off the, 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 the road less traveled. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Finding, finding the way that's most efficient for all parties, not just most efficient for one of the many parties. Well, back to your point about what, like getting to New Orleans on a kayak is not the most efficient way to get to New Orleans. Right. I'll let you know that. Exactly. And I completely agree. (laughs) Uh, but back to your point about like what you put in your body and being um, appreciative. I was going to, when you talked about saying the prayer for each person's drink, I was mm-hmm. going to poke fun at you and just say the the Lord's Prayer before dinner, or not mm-hmm. the, the Lord's Prayer, but, you know, bless us, O Lord, and mm-hmm. these, I guess, which Grace. we're about to receive yeah. from, my, from thy bounty through Christ our Lord's name. So, like, but, like, as I've talked about on this podcast already with people, like, I do have uh, Christian upbringing that, like, I have tried to suppress, but like keep keep the parts I don't like. But there is some like we've talked about on the show about like the Bible. It doesn't have to be, and we talked about this earlier today. It doesn't have to be the book that's like any. But there is some good shit in there, just like there's good shit in the Quran, just like there's good shit in uh, uh what's that uh chicken noodle soup for the teenage soul or what what's it called <laughs> something like like there, j- there is like there's just yeah. like there's just enough good yeah. shit there's good shit in Harry Potter. Like I'm, yeah. you know, I'm just saying there is something to that. But none so, of it's normal. The Bible, the Quran, Harry Potter, chicken soup for the teenage soul. None of that is normal mainstream, like assumed. It's all a little bit off color. The, well, what do you mean? It's, uh, you know, it, I, I don't, I don't, I, I mean, just, just like the, the Jewish rabbi who says, this is what money means. Like, and this is how, you know, currency should be treated as a certificate of service. Well, that is, we all, we all agree. I, I'm, I doubt that there's anybody who will disagree with that, but it's not practiced. We all agree to treat, you know, our neighbors as we would want to be treated, you know, but it's not always practiced. Um, and, I would just encourage like an active mindfulness about our fundamental beliefs that sometimes get ignored because on a busy Friday or Saturday night when I'm spinning cocktail. So hold on. I'm sorry. Before we're, we're getting a little away here. So can you be specific then? Like, I feel like we just took a turn and I'm not, I got lost there for a second. So like you, the, the books that were just described are, are not mainstream because they're not what people are fully, engaged in in their own behavior like they'll they won't practice what they literally read and preach yeah there's there seems to be there seems to be some kind of hypocrisy yeah hypocrisy yes, which it's is ran- it's rampant yeah right right but 
so I would, again, I would encourage people to come back to what are their fundamental beliefs, which usually people can't really disagree with. When I say, hey, love each other like you would want to be loved or care about each other or, or whatever else, like, you know, or, or money means this or, you know, whatever, whatever those things are, they should be mantras. They should be repeated throughout the day. And I, I was, so as I was about to say on a Friday or Saturday night when I'm spinning 17,000 cocktails a minute, uh, it's sometimes difficult to pray over each of those cocktails. That's where I start seeing dollar signs or that's where I start seeing efficiency and how quickly can I appease people or get these people out of my way or whatever else. When you're when you're at the when you're at the grocery store and there's five people ahead of you at the checkout line, I don't when I when I'm feeling anxious and I just want to get through this checkout line, sometimes I'm I get frustrated with the people because they're in my way. They're objects that are in my way preventing me from getting out the door. That's opposite of what my belief is. They're people who are trying to do very much the same thing that I'm doing. They're trying to get out the door themselves. And the person who's checking them out is also trying to get them moving as well. So my entire, my perception of this day-to-day situation takes on a radically different meaning when I can step back out of the situation and re and re remember that they are human beings in a checkout line, not little cogs, not little you know pawns, not you know things to be moved and to hurt be hurried, but people to understand. That's hard to do though, and and back to I think that ties back to what I said earlier about not wanting to break the norm because the people that. We we've we're not programmed this way. We have evolved to this way in just how we organize ourselves and how we behave. We have gotten to this point, like I said, to where we're hyper vigilant. Mm-hmm. We've gotten to this point to where we treat people like cogs. It's not the best way, but it is a way uh, that that are. It's not effective in this world, mm-hmm. but in a world where we were all. Um, needing mm-hmm. organization and to where it wasn't as accessible as it is now, it was crucial. And so we just, we, we got here too fast mm-hmm. to where we, we haven't gotten to the point to where we can go to a grocery store and people can just get their groceries. Mm-hmm. And like, we just treat, yeah, like you said, we just treat everyone like cogs, but I think we are, th- that's just, that's just in us. But I, but like, I agree with you though. That's it's why important I, to try mm-hmm. and break that mold. I think anytime we can break our, our monkey brain, our, our mm-hmm. lizard, whatever people want to call mm-hmm. it, just that part of us that's that instinctual part that's telling us, don't do this, you'll mm-hmm. die, or uh, kill these people so you can get out mm-hmm. of here faster. That is when, in your example, that is when you begin to travel roadless. And, and if I understand you correctly on what mm-hmm. that origin mm-hmm. is then. Mm-hmm. And that's that's why when I, when I landed in New Orleans, uh, I've got a tattoo or I got a tattoo that reads commune on my, on the, on the, I don't know, the top side of my wrist. What was what this called? This is yeah, a wrist, your wrist, but what's this? That's your wrist too. The other side of the wrist. 
yeah just palm like, side down yeah just wrist yeah, up. yeah top of your yeah just yeah. top of your wrist yeah. that thing whatever i mean if you're if you can see me pointing this is what this is where it's at which you can't right <laughs> uh, but commune i mean it's just it's a it's a reminder um to me when i'm at the checkout line or when i'm at work or if i'm you know in you know in other situations where i you know start to feel anxious or rushed or whatever else because of people i mean the the thing that they are what i love most but they're also what i hate most and when i find that i'm hating or frustrated or angry or whatever uh it it's it's a good opportunity for me to remind myself and it's a conversation starter what does why do you have commune or commune on your wrist <laughs> commune yeah <laughs> right well and it's that's just a preference of noun versus verb uh-huh. i mean i i think both are very applicable i think they are too actually now in your definition of community Mm -hmm. at least it it covers Mm -hmm. one we are a commune on this podcast you and me here now but also the people who will be listening to this in 24 to 48 hours from Mm now we're all a part of the community uh, a community this community that you're that flying sign is promoting it's a beautiful thing Mm -hmm. well hey i appreciate that man well i i think and 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 just to touch on this what we discussed earlier off air about and I've I've yeah I've discussed it like I said earlier on this podcast on other episodes just about the 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 names that we give certain things that we hold dear such as the higher power if you will mm-hmm. and I think like I know your religion and faith mm-hmm. are part of you but I think this new definition I think that and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I think community, I feel like there could be one more aspect of that, or it, 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 it is the Trinity of your God. If you know, I'm not trying to say that is your God, but like, I believe that that God or what I like to call time is, is in us. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it's all within us. So when you say myself, others and nature, nature mm-hmm that is your father son holy ghost mm. and i cuz we we are all gods mm-hmm. in my opinion i'm not saying that in a narcissistic way mm-hmm. but i feel we we all we all are god and and whatever you want to call that to where if you know i'm not trying to like take a religious stance i i'm mm-hmm. i'm a firm believer in the stardust kind of kind of model yeah. of it to where like we came from the same thing. I'm I'm made up of the same thing that the moon is made up of, just mm-hmm. in different ways. And so, apparently, like, the salt content of my tears is the same percentage of salt, uh, the same salt content that's in the oceans. Just I don't to support your claim. I don't know if that's true or not. We're gonna have to snopes it. But so you <laughs> snopes it. So you so you cry. You literally cry oceans. Well, or just like like that's where we come from. Like where it's all it's all one and the same. Huh. Like it's just a big giant lump of community. I don't know. Huh. I, I'm just, I'm that's a good, that's that's interesting. Cool. I'm just I'm just saying just at the very very basic part of us that is mm-hmm. what we all are. So why mm-hmm. wouldn't what about, like people think of God as just the giant man or the giant universe or just the big things? What if it's a molecular thing? What if what if it gets down? I'm sitting to here where, looking at your your door hinges, your yeah. door, the doorknob, the lock on your door, the door frame, the wall around your door, the rooms that hold up that one wall, 
and then the, or the walls that hold up that one wall and then the rooms that hold up the entire house like there are many 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 parts but it's all one thing right there are 8 billion of us yeah at at the smallest level at whether you're looking at like you said on a on a you know on the house level the global level or a cellular level i think it's it's it at at the atomic level we're all the same shit so i just think to say it again with the definition that you've said about community, I don't know. I think it has a lot of power uh, that's just another name for what people are trying to find. Yep. And I, yep. I think, I don't know if I've found my name yet. I think a lot, most people have found their name and that's either Jesus or Muhammad or, or a, whatever. A stock name. Yeah, I mean. a stock name. And like, and that's fine. And that's fine to, if it's... Yeah, not to disagree or, or right, shame anything. Exactly, because like, I... I have that myself. If you truly... If you feel... If, if those people who love Jesus, that Jesus saves, whatever it is, feel the same way you feel about community, then that is their God. Mm. If it's the same... Mm. If it's the people that, you know, will go to church and sit there and, and look on their phones or... Uh, rate the the girls on hotness as they go up for communion. That's not really feeling the the you're not really in it, you know. And so like you're mm-hmm. you're wasting your time. So maybe mm-hmm. go try to find God or the universe or it mm-hmm. somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so sorry, but I'm uh, just really passionate about that. And I think that's what I'm like. This mm-hmm. podcast is taking that direction mm-hmm. is find it. Mm-hmm. It's gonna have a different name. It doesn't have to be the name of. Mm-hmm community or God or whatever you want to call it, mm. but it is there. It is in us, whether we're, it's in us all along or we have to find it somewhere else. But it is like I've said on other podcasts, that mountaintop moment that mm-hmm. has to be fought for because it's not ever going to be handed. Mm-hmm. And when you break those walls, like you said, that's when it presents itself mm-hmm. and that's when it's found. And that's when you can come back and apply it to what you are doing in your everyday life, whether it's saying a quick prayer over a drink or making the decision not to participate in the mass genocide of other animals in poor conditions by saying thank you as you swipe your credit card, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's, uh, it's admirable, but it takes work. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, let's, let's get back on it. Uh, I do want to hear more about the trip uh, we, we talked a lot last time just about community and some of the numbers and states and everything of, of, of how that got, but like I've heard from some other people too. And even myself, like once I went back and listened to it. So like, what do you do when you're bored with, you know, your, we talked last time your phone got washed away. I can't remember when, mm-hmm. but you don't have your phone to look at, mm-hmm. which is what people do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure books were maybe, you maybe had a book or two. But, you know, there's a lot of time in a day and only so much time you can spend on the river. Mm-hmm. So, like, what did you do during that? Uh, I, I journaled every night. That's, I mean, that's the easy answer, um, which I think is most predictable. I mean, we talked about that a little bit. Um, but I also wrote quite a bit of poetry. Um, I recorded all the stats and numbers and figures for each day. Um, Would you share a poem or is that too intimate? Yeah, I can. Uh, it's going to take me a minute. Let me find the right okay, one okay, that, sorry. I, that I feel spring that most. On but I also like, so uh, there's, went on like a cool little camping trip through high school uh, and there was just a, a goofy, but also pretty profound song, uh, like jingle, if you will, uh, that 
you know, was that we kind of, you know, sang along to. And it went like this. This is, so this is already written. And then I kind of like did your own, did my own just because parody. it was like, it was so applicable. Even the one that like, even the one that's out there, it was so applicable to, and like, I remembered it out of nowhere. Like I didn't even, it wasn't even important to me when I had first heard it. And then like, I'm sitting on the river and I'm just like, Whoa, like that. This is, this is perfect. So it's called river of life. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. Opens prison doors, sets the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. So that's the that's what it is. Okay, that's the line. Right. And then my version. All right, let's I've it. got a river of life flowing out of me Makes my butt not hurt and my hands not sting Sets the wind behind, ports us toward the sea I've got a river of life flowing out of me So coming at... Oh, wait, 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 say, the, say the second line so again It makes my butt not hurt because I'm sitting in a kayak for oh. 11 hours a okay. day And my hands not sting because I'm gripping onto this paddle again for another or for the same eleven hours, and it sets the wind behind me and it ports me points me toward the sea. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. So what? This was just your 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 march on anthem. Yeah, it's just like I'm swimming. Just keep swimming. That's exactly what it was. Okay. Um, So I did a little bit of that, um, some poetry, and then I I brought one form of formal entertainment. Um, I didn't use my phone other than just like keep people updated, but, um, it it was one book that was recommended to me by Mike Mooney, a former priest, um, who had lived, who has lived on the river for ages. Um, and he, he said, listen, Walt, by the end of this will be your best friend. And I was just like, Whoa, I'm going to have to totally like. Walt this Whitman. Walt Whitman. Okay, that's right. Yeah, just clarify. Um, and let me just let me just take a second. Like, I want I want to like I, ideally everybody becomes friends with Walt because he. He's, Can you share the the book? Uh, just the title of what it is. Yeah, it just leaves a of grass. Leaves of grass is his collection of a bunch of different poems. Um, but song of myself specifically is the poem. Um, and part five of this part five of his poem. I believe in you, my soul. The other I am must not abase itself to you, and you must not be abased to the other. Loaf with me on the grass. Loose the stop from your throat. Not words, not music or rhyme I want. Not custom or lecture, not even the best. Only the lull I like, the hum of your valved voice. I mind, I mind how once we lay such a transparent summer morning, how you settled your hand athwart my hips and gently turned over upon me. And parted the shirt from my bosom bone, and plunged your tongue to my to my bone stripped heart, and reached till you felt my beard, and reached till you held my feet. Swiftly arose and spread around me the peace and knowledge that pass all argument of the earth, and I know that the hand of God is the promise of my own, and I know that the spirit of God is the brother of my own, and I know that the men ever born are also my brothers, and the women my sisters and lovers. And that a kelson of the creation is love, and limitless are leaves stiff or drooping in the fields, and brown ants and the little wells beneath them, and mossy scabs of the worm fence, heap stones, elder, mullion, and pokeweed. A child said, What is the grass? Fetching it to me with full, with full hands. 
How could I answer the child? I do not know what it is any more than he. Damn, man. Uh, yeah, thanks for reading that. That was a. Uh, I can imagine having that, at least in times of question. Most importantly, I, is what I took from that was 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 uh, to alleviate doubt in, in some in some fashion. Uh, On mile five, I passed by his house, and this is the same. He's the patron saint of the river. I called him, and I passed by his house, and he sent me off with this, you know, great Handel's Messiah and so on. And these were the last words that he said to me. He didn't say goodbye. He, he recited this from heart. I have heard what the talkers were talking, the talk of the beginning and the end, but I knew not talk of the beginning or the end. There was never any more inception than there is now, nor any more youth or age than there is now, and will never be any more perfection than there is now, nor any more heaven or hell than there is now. Urge and urge and urge. Always the procreant urge of the world. Out of the dimness, opposite equals advance. Always substance and increase, always sex. Always a knit of identity, always distinction, always a breed of life. To elaborate is no avail. Learned and unlearned. Feel that it is so. Sure as the most certain, sure, plumb in the uprights. Well entreated, braced in the beams. Stout as a horse, affectionate, haughty, electrical. I and this mystery, here we stand. Clear and sweet is my soul, and clear and sweet is all that is not my soul. Very nice. So what do you get from that then? It's just an eternality. It was just, it was just I am with the river. And, and when, he's, when, when Mike Mooney, the patron saint of the river, says that I hope and pray and know that Walt will be your friend, this guy died you know, years ago. And I can call him my friend. I can I can hold this book in my I can hold his poetry in my hand and know that he's with me. Um, so that's what I did when I was bored. Uh, there was a situation where I was like outrageously angry because I'm floating down the river and the Mississippi is a mile wide at any given point in time, and uh, here I am in in you know in the middle of the river and a a gnat flies out into the middle of the river half a mile from anywhere only to bother obviously me why else would this gnat be flying in the middle of a river right and so the problem with this is that as i paddle it's also 92 degrees in mississippi summer two o'clock in the afternoon heat and you know i'm sweating and i am gripping my paddle paddling 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 takes me three to four strokes to get up to pace and then after that i'm just maintaining pace and if a bead of sweat rushes down my eyebrow i have to release my hand from the paddle that keeps me going to wipe off the sweat or to swat at this gnat that is bothering me out of nowhere just for the sake of fucking around with me was there a reason why you didn't try and kill it? Was that some? I no, I I mean I didn't like it wasn't a th- I mean I I don't I don't want to sound too hippie but I like I like I didn't like I didn't even think to okay kill like it's just like I'm swat swat okay. swat okay. I didn't know if it was and like some like stance like I should have I I, I, I should have killed, killed that son of a bitch right <laughs> well and I don't know I just didn't know if like by that point it was like I tried I tried to that avoid is my community not trying I to, try like, to avoid those kinds of things but like I mean if like like everybody's got their breaking point like I'm gonna kill if I have to kill yeah, God it's a damn it. I'm an American right. but <laughs> God 
<laughs> so, kidding. so anyway, so you get, so here, I, so here I am like swatting, wiping sweat, swatting, wiping sweat. And every, you know, every seven strokes, I have to let go of my paddle to do these like stupid, unnecessary, shouldn't be necessary type things. And it just, it takes a lot of time. Like, and it's so upsetting. It's I'm so, I was so irate. I'm so the, that's the conflict. As I keep going, I just push on through like, singing my river of life and thinking about Walt Whitman and Kumbaya and so on and so forth. And which I'm, I'm playing it down quite a bit. I was actually quite angry. Uh, at the end of the night, I roll into Natchez, Mississippi, um, into a bar called under the hill, uh, saloon, which probably the, uh, no is the most magnificent bar I've ever walked into. Oh, okay. Uh, I and, thought you were going to say something the complete opposite, but okay. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. This is the bar of all bars, the saloon of all saloons. And so I'm sitting next to a guy who's drinking a Budweiser and a shot of tequila, Budweiser shot of tequila, Budweiser shot of tequila. And his eyebrow ridges, uh, the, the bone, not his eyebrows, but the bones of his eyebrows are lurching over his eyes, creating a cave uh, where his eyes are kind of sunk into the back of his head. I don't uh-huh. think I ever made eye contact with him. And, uh, I see that he's drinking a beer and a shot, and I said, I want to buy his next round, and I'll take the same uh, to the bartender, and the bartender obliges, and and we shoot our shots together, uh, you know, cheers, and he said, what's what's going on? What's, what's gotcha? And I said, man, I am so angry. And I gave him the whole scenario of this stupid fucking gnat, and now the gnat's going to go viral on your podcast, yeah. but... I don't want to give the gnat any more credit than he's due, but he he just drove me nuts. So I'm I'm telling this guy, I don't even remember his name, uh, and he's he he looks at me and he like he looks over toward me. He doesn't look at me, but he looks over toward me and he says, "I gave up on anger a long time ago." Damn, I'm clearly talking to like I mean maybe not clearly, but I'm talking to an alcoholic probably. And he, and just for him to look like and say something so intimate and dramatic and dramatic, intimate to my situation. I gave up on anger a long time ago. And he said, if somebody came into the saloon right now and punched me in the face, who is angry? Hmm. I'm not angry. He punched me in the face. He's, he's the one clearly upset. It's something I, I gave up on a long time ago. He said, you're, you're accomplishing something that shouldn't be accomplished or, or, or is just like, is out of this world. Why are you focusing on the gnat? Why are you angry? That was a touche. That's a good point. Because there goes hours. Let's get us another round. Yeah, yeah, that's that's cool, man. That's uh, So you have the, the sage wisdom, which I feel like can only be found in places like that. Yeah, let's just, I don't remember his name, but let's call him Merlin because he was just, Merlin, he was yeah, we, yeah, he will be your Mississippi he a, Merlin. He was so. a Mississippi Merlin. Cool. All right, man. Well, before we are, we are getting tight here, but real quick. So do you have any other thoughts going into the, the rest of uh, your life coming up? I mean, you're still what, 26. You got yeah. time to do shit and yeah. no kids, no wife, like, do something, bro. Mm-hmm. What, what do you got? My my next my next crazy idea or fringe living idea or whatever. Um, I was I'm I'm. It got my attention so hard when I when I determined that uh, it's possible to do a transatlantic sail, solo. 
single-handed. And I've read a couple, uh, you know, a handful of books, and I think it's absolutely possible. I just don't know anything about sailing, so I got to get on a sailboat. I got to get. That to seems a, like a big problem, doesn't I it? I got to like, get to. I got to get to I a feel water like we've town. Talked about, yeah, we've talked about this before. Like mm-hmm. it seems like such a big endeavor. Just, yeah. I yeah. mean, I'm not going to tell you not to do it, but like, shit, man. I feel like mm-hmm. you need a big boat. Mm-hmm. You're feeling, you're fueling the fire right now. This is just good. Like, good. Come on, yeah. Baby. Like, you won't, you know, fine. <laughs> like, I will be the one. You won't. <laughs> How about, let me rephrase that. You won't survive. So prove me wrong. You won't, but you can. You won't, but you can. Yep. I, I, yeah. A transit. I, so a trans-American uh, bike ride um, is something that's on my radar. I think that's very not, I think it's been done enough to, a handful of times, uh, more than a handful of times, but I think that's very, uh, you know, uh, probable um the great the great mountain by or the mountain bike mountain biking the great divide uh which goes mm. from canada to mexico it's a three thousand mile trip maybe do that one first five five percent <laughs> of well five percent of the trail has self-interception okay. and there are hundred or 50 to hundreds of miles between towns so if my bike were to break down at mile 50 and i've got another 50 miles to go and i don't know anything about bikes either so where if i'm doing a cross country you know california to north but carolina you would learn, or right like that would you would right that's what youtube's for but again 5%, yeah but you have no phone right exactly like, but like learn about bikes maybe spend some time in a bike shop for six months learn right. the inner workings right. of a bike to where you can right. repair like I feel like that this would is be... The, I'm in idea generation phase. Like, this okay, is... Okay, there's, okay, there's, 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 okay. The next phase is, is the terminating... you scare me. Like, well, that's what YouTube's for in the middle of the forest. Right, like, God, right, dude. Right. Well, and then, so, I just I just ran my first half marathon um, in March, um, and I think that a marathon might be on my radar or a triathlon might be on my radar. It's, cool. just, it's just nice. I've, d- I've done a lot of traveling in the past couple months, too, to, you know, Poland and Rome and... Cuba, as we talked about in last episode, I, mm-hmm. you know, I taught overseas and everything too. So I don't know. There's, there's, there are some, there are some big conversations I need to have with myself in the, in the upcoming months. I'm, I'm $3,500 away from paying off all my student loans. Well, good. And then every dollar after that is mine. It goes right to my pocket. So after, and I just need to determine what's my $10,000 budget. What's the next 10 grand that I'm going to blow? Am I going to go get my pilot's license? Am I going to go get my skydiving license? Am I going to go get my scuba diving license? Am I going to go travel the country on a bicycle? Am I going to hot air balloon across the world? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Well, it's exciting to have yeah. that. Oh, yeah. And it's exciting for me to know that I got your number. So we just, we did part two of Travel Roadless. So maybe a year from now we can do part one of something else. That's so right. I'm pumped, man. I appreciate you doing this. And, and thanks again for sharing all this stuff. And um, yeah, again, I look forward to sharing and hearing what else, what else comes next, man. So, uh, so again, uh, real quick, your Instagram and, and travel roadless.com travel roadless.com uh, at Josh Buckler, J W O S H B U C K L E R is my Instagram. Um, yeah okay well thanks everybody that was part two and we will see you next week